That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Hi, everybody. Cheryl Atkinson here. Welcome to another edition of Full Measure After Hours. Today, a whistleblower's incredible story about how the Social Security Administration is cheating elderly widows out of money they're entitled to. Sunday, May 22nd on Full Measure, an interesting and impactful story from a whistleblower at the Social Security Administration. He says he's uncovered systemic cheating of elderly widows. Even worse, he says, when he documented the issue and brought it to the attention of his Social Security Administration superiors, he says they warded him off and told him to just do his job. In today's podcast, we'll hear the story from John McAdams, who is still a Social Security Claims Authorizer at the Social Security Administration. If you had to synopsize this whole story in a couple of sentences, what did you what would you say this is a story about for people who haven't heard? About widows. It could be men, but it's typically widows, widow, uh, women, who applied for survivor benefits and their claims were set up incorrectly. And as a result, they've lost money for years and they continue to lose hundreds of dollars every month. So I read the background on this and it's very technical and confusing. It almost sounds good that, oh, they get to apply for both benefits at once. That sounds like a positive thing and it turns out it's not to be. Um, we'll go into some detail in a minute, but in simple terms, how would you frame what happened? And I'm talking, if you can, in just a paragraph or two mm -hmm. and then we'll go into detail. I'm sure it was accidental that they were signed up for both benefits because it gives them no benefit whatsoever. And in some cases, it cost them a lot of money because if they had waited to apply for their own retirement benefits later, they could have been due hundreds of dollars per month. Okay. So tell us the beginning um, when you realized something improper had happened. I moved laterally from a position where I was taking the claims to the current position where I'm looking at claims after they've been established. And I'm one of the few to move in that direction. So in the new job, I was able to look at claims that were set up and I could tell they were done wrong. So during the training for the new job, I saw one of these cases and mentioned it to my mentor who had not done the same direction movement as I had. And she was like, just do your job. You know, that's outside the scope of everything. Just do your job. Uh, when I got off training, saw another case, took it to my technical expert, and he, he said, yeah, that's wrong. Let's fix it. Let's change it. We moved her retirement benefits up to age 70. She's been getting hundreds of dollars more per month ever since. I started to see more. He had to send it up the ladder. Eventually, they said, no, stop. Don't change anything else. Just leave them the way they are. Do your job. When supervisors are saying, do your job, that implies your job isn't to help the customer. Exactly. That's how I thought of that statement. 
So what's wrong with, tell me what they were doing and then ex- describe what's wrong with it. A uh, person calls up for the, or meets in person at the time for their survivor benefits and it sounds like a good thing. Hey, I, you know, I can sign you up for your retirement benefits and your widow's benefits. If the person was even aware they were getting signed up for both, maybe the claims taker just thought it was a good idea and did it on their own. And then at some point, maybe the, the widow talking to her friends or whatever or in similar situations, they say, hey, you know, you're approaching 70. Your Social Security on your own record is going to max out. You should go apply for it. And if she does try to apply for it, she's told, oh, sorry, you already replied for your retirement benefits when you applied for the survivor benefits. So you can't, you know, you're done. Or maybe she doesn't even know that she could get more on her own retirement. So um, to describe this, if a married couple, one or the other dies, the surviving one can take that person's retire ben- retirement benefit? Yes, they get the survivor benefit. And that's separate from their own yes. retirement benefit. What happens when that person who's getting the benefit of their passed away loved one, when that person reaches, say, age 70? They can check if their own retirement benefit is higher than what they're getting at as a survivor. And if it's set up correctly, they can apply for it and enjoy those benefits for the rest of their life. Is that often the case where a widower or a widow is taking a surviving benefit, but is actually due more money when they turn 65 or 70 years old than what they were getting? Uh, it's becoming more often with women having worked more, rec- more recently. And so when they were applying for both at the same time... Well, they were applying. They wouldn't, they wouldn't think to apply for both at the same time. They would apply because they turned six, the 62 or so. They've, made, they've retired their husband's deceased, they're going to apply for survivor benefits. And somehow they got signed up for both when they should never have been signed up. Do they for get both. survivor benefits as l- whatever age they are, as long as the um, person who passed away was over, was obtaining benefits? No, the survivor has to be age 60 or above. Okay. But they would only get signed up for both if they applied for survivor benefits when they're 62. This is where it gets very technical. Okay. So if they're 62 years old or over, go ahead and explain that. Uh, if they're 62 or over, but less than 70, and they go to apply for their survivor benefits, sometimes, and it's a rare occurrence, and it's an accident, it's a mistake, they get signed up for both their own retirement and the survivor benefits. So are they collecting two checks? Um, they come as one deposit, but they're getting some on their own and then a little more on the deceased spouse. They may be thinking, that's terrific. If they, they know it all, that. they may think, I'm getting significant checks. Exactly. So they, how does they, that hurt, explain, how does that hurt them potentially in the long run? Because most survivor benefits, the benefit increases the longer you wait to start it. So in the case of your own retirement benefits, you can take it reduced at 62. You can get your full retirement benefit, quote, full retirement benefit at, you used to be 66. Now it's going up towards 67. But they could, your own retirement benefits continue to increase up until age 70. So if you're getting survivor benefits starting at age 62, you should monitor your own retirement benefits and decide when you want to switch. I mean, you need a crystal ball to really do it right. You have to know how long you're going to live. But if you want to, if you're going to live a long time, if you're planning on living a long time, you wait till 70, that's your max, your own retirement benefits, switch at that point. Um, 
if they're getting both benefits starting at age 62, whether they know it or not, but they would only be entitled to one benefit at age 70, they have to drop the widow benefit? Well, no. If you're signed up for both, you can't ever switch back to your higher retirement benefit. You're what I'm saying in. is the amount of getting both from age 62 to 70 that adds up to less than you would get if you dropped at age 70. When they get their own, do they have to drop the widow benefit? Uh, they just switch to their own, they which is more. So switch. essentially, the widow's one goes away, you get your own, which is more. But when the one goes away and the other is more, is that better than the two that were together for well, all those years? Well, the two that are together all those years, you're not really getting any benefit over just getting the survivor benefit. Ah, that's the, that's the missing ingredient. When you... When they're signed up for both, they get their own retirement, and then they get only a fraction of the survivor benefit to bring it up to what would have been the total survivor benefit. So they're only getting the same as they would have gotten with just the survivor benefit. Okay. So um, how did this resolve? How did this resolve itself after you were told just leave it alone? But you knew there were a lot of cases like that happening. Uh, I asked my union what to do after the articles were on, like PBS website. What made Forbes you decide website. to go? How did those articles get published? Uh, just because I knew it was wrong, and I wasn't allowed to fix them, and I didn't want to see these people continue to lose benefits. So I asked the union. They said, "Yeah, if you can get it published somewhere, go for it." And I thought that maybe that would spur the agency to take action, but it didn't. So I asked the union again, and they said, if you really want to follow up on this, you can take it to the Office of Special Counsel. And I did, and they looked at the situation. They decided it merited further study, and they sent it off to the Office of the Inspector General, who did a full audit and found that there were likely some 13,000 victims who'd lost a total of like $130 million. $130 million, that's huge. It's like $10,000 per victim. And they made a long report, and they, in it they told Social Security, they recommended that Social Security fix the situation for all the victims. And now it's three and a half years later, and Social Security has not fixed the situation for any of the victims. Do you still see cases like that coming through? I saw one last week. What was it? Can you give any, without saying who it is, obviously, but what was the case? Just that someone, it came across my desk for some other reason, but I saw they were getting widow's benefits and retirement benefits at the same time. Which does not benefit them. Which does not benefit them at all. And in her case, it will cost her if she decides to file later on her own. She could have gotten more. What's happened at work when they know that you've brought this to light, when they told you to just do your job? Um, management probably does not love me, but technical people respect what, I've do what I'm doing. Have you heard from any other people that either knew that was wrong or know about it because you've talked about it and they also support you? Um, I've gotten, in fact, there was another case I brought to the special counsel and that actually came from a coworker. And they said, you know, look at this case for me. And I said, oh, that's wrong. And, she's, and I'm like, you know, you, you should run with it. And if you want, I'll give you my contact at the special counsel. She goes, no, I'm, I'm afraid to run with it. I know you don't care. Here, take it. And that resulted in another case, which has like 2,000 victims. I forget the numbers, but it's, again, in, in the $40 million range. 
Next, more of the outrageous story from Social Security Administration whistleblower John McAdams. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. So even though there are all these victims out there who have been identified by an investigation, um, do they know their names and could the government reach out to those people? Oh, absolutely. So tell me about that. They haven't done so? No, they haven't. And they're not going to. According to my source at special counsel, Social Security, well, Inspector General, they've told me we recommend, we can't compel. So they recommended Social Security fix them. Social Security has not done it. How can someone find out if someone they know, a loved one, maybe a mother or a grandmother, is in the situation you're talking about and is owed more money? They can go to millionwidowmarch.com. There's a form there they can fill out. They fill out the top half. They get Social Security to fill out the bottom half. And if the month of entitlement to retirement and the month of entitlement to survivor benefits are the same, then there's a good chance they're a victim. And who will fix it for him? Uh, they would have to go to a congressman at this point, or there's a lawyer who's ready to file a class action suit, Michael Geyer in Philadelphia. But he has no he named needs a victims. Victim, and I'm not allowed to give him a victim. And he can't get the names from the government? No. Okay. He's tried. What's your comment, your sort of overarching comment about this whole experience that you've been through? Uh, it's frustrating, but it gives me a purpose to keep going to work. I mean, I could retire now, but I don't want to until these people get paid. We're going to have more on this story Sunday, May 22nd on Full Measure. We will have the Social Security Administration side of the story. And we're also going to hear from the special counsel, an investigative body assigned to look into all of this. His name is Henry Kerner. And his office made some very firm recommendations to the Social Security Administration based on John McAdams' allegations, which were confirmed, by the way. But the Social Security Administration, as you heard, didn't get on it and fix the problem. Why? So we'll have some of those answers. We'll dig into that further this Sunday. How do you watch Full Measure? Well, you can go to CherylAckison.com, click the Full Measure tab, and there's a list of cities and stations and times. If you don't have one near you or if it's easier, you can watch free online, replays anytime at fullmeasure.news, fullmeasure.news, or you can see the first run live on Sundays at fullmeasure.news online at 9.30 a.m. Eastern Time. And then we post the replays usually before noon on Sundays. So you can watch there. Also, we have a free app called Stir, S-T-I-R-R, where you can watch Full Measure live or on demand. Also, you can get some interesting local news stations across the country, as well as free entertainment and movies and other features. That's on the app Stir. 
I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. And if so, you'll leave a good review, subscribe to it and share it with your friends. Check out my other podcast, the Cheryl Ackeson podcast. This week, I have a fascinating interview there with a former military special ops guy who has a lot to say about vaccine requirements in the military and what he calls the purge of so many troops who wanted to opt out. Now you can support independent journalism causes by visiting my website, CherylAckeson.com and clicking the store tab for some thought-provoking and fun products designed exclusively for free thinkers like you with proceeds benefiting independent reporting causes. Do your own research, make up your own mind, think for yourself.